Welcome to Made in Science, the official podcast of the University of Stuttgart. My name is Wolfgang Holtkamp. I am Senior Advisor on International Affairs at our university and your host for today. In this episode, we welcome Alexander Brehm, who is Professor of Entrepreneurship in Technology and Digitization, which is endowed by the Daimler Fund in the Stifterverband at our university. He is Director of the Institute of Entrepreneurship and Innovation Science. Hello, Alex. Hello, good morning. Alex, when we, I mention entrepreneurship and university, is this a contradiction for you or how do you describe that special relation? How do you experience it? Yes, university and entrepreneurship might be a contradiction at some point, but it's a matter of perspective. Because what we do is we teach our students to become entrepreneurs. And especially as a technologically focused university, we would like to focus on the education of students and PhD students and postdocs and professors to become more entrepreneurial. And if I look at myself, I would also say that I'm also an entrepreneur, even within the university with my whole little startup as my institute is also new. You have been at our university for a couple of years now, but we would love to hear what you did beforehand. Please, would you mind introducing yourself? Yes, sure. I studied business administration with a major in innovation and entrepreneurship almost 20 years back now. And after that, I also wanted to start my own company. So I found some friends and we started our business in 2004. And uh, in parallel, I had the chance to do my PhD at the University of Erlangen-Nürnberg, where I was also studying before. So after the PhD was done in 2007, I then started working in the company full-time for th about three and a half years. And then I decided to go back to the dark side, so to say, to university, to do research and teaching and to bring in my knowledge I gained also in business. And after a few years uh, being a junior professor, I took the chance to go to Denmark, to the University of Southern Denmark in Sonneborg, which was also a great experience at a technical university, technical faculty. And uh, after a few years then back at the FAU, I then finally arrived here at the University of Stuttgart. As the director of the Institute of Entrepreneurship and Innovation Science, you teach students how to be creative and innovative. Plus, you encourage them to found their own companies. What does your daily job look like doing this? This happens pretty much on all levels you can do at the university. One level is teaching. So we're teaching students from first semester bachelor until the end of their master thesis, but also PhD students and postdocs. And this is a kind of a setup of different ways to do it. So one is to have uh, seminars, to have uh, low entry barriers, uh, barriers with um, uh, workshops, uh, with games. And on the other hand, they can also bring in their own ideas, their own technologies to start their companies. So this is one aspect. The second aspect is then in research. So we also do research about entrepreneurship, how to become an entrepreneur, how scientists can become better in thinking entrepreneurial. So this is also a, an important second pillar. 
And the third area is then in transfer. So we also help our students when they come to us, when they have an idea to find the right place where people can help them to grow. Besides the teaching and the research and the technology transfer that you just referred to, you're also part of the Cyber Valley, which is Europe's biggest research collaboration into artificial intelligence. What is your function in this particular collaboration? Within the Cyber Valley, I'm also an affiliated researcher. So I'm working together with my colleagues here at the University of Stuttgart, who are doing research in the area of artificial intelligence, which is a broad area anyways. Uh, and we're also collaborating with our colleagues from the University of Tübingen and from the Max Planck Institutes. And my take on um, AI is more from a business perspective, naturally. So my uh, entry point is uh, to do research about AI, about AI-oriented startups, for instance, and to use AI for research. So we also use tools which are developed in AI for our own research endeavors. So it's more on the application side. I would call it AI, AI plus X. So whatever comes next. And I think that's also strength here at the University of Stuttgart with our interdisciplinary setup we have. When talking about technical innovation and entrepreneurship, what is the difference between these two? Technical innovation, entrepreneurship, and how do they come together in founding new companies? Usually the starting point is the technical innovation. So you invent something new, you build a prototype, uh, you come up with a new idea, and the people are very much engaged in the idea. And usually you do not have the big focus on the application and the market. Uh, you don't look at potential customers. And this is then the viewpoint we bring in together with our students uh, in business and technology management uh, to bring these people together. And I think this is the big challenge we have, but also the big fun we have in our project. You just mentioned the students. Alex, can you tell us about how you select which students to support in becoming founders? This is a really good question. And the answer is quite simple. We do not select them. They come by themselves. So it's a kind of self-motivation, intrinsic motivation, which brings these students to us. So once they arrive at a point where they see, okay, now I need to found a company, I need uh, more members for my team to start the company. Um, this is a point of time where they approach us. And at the same time, we also try to initiate more contact points. This was a bit tricky within the Corona pandemic because everything was virtual. And uh, now we can change this with more in-person meetings again. So that also the students from business administration meet students from physics, from uh, mechanical engineering, among others. And that's the key part um, of uh, successful entrepreneurs, that you bring different knowledge areas together and different disciplines together. And besides that, does it need a particular mind or skill set or some other criteria that uh, the students have to bring in um, to be part of this particular education? Uh, in other words, what makes a good founder? It's definitely a matter of personality. So founders usually have a special personality. They are outgoing. They are uh, passionate about what they do. They don't look at their watch to finish work at five usually. So this is definitely a set. But at the same time, you also need people who are, have also technical knowledge in very depth. So necessarily they are not outgoing, but they are a good complement to the team. And this is then what makes a good team that overall you need the competences together at one 
spots and uh, with different study programs, with different study options students have, we try to combine this the best way. Are only full-time students able to profit from your teaching or are there also other possibilities to get involved when already in the professional field? Since a few years, we also offer a Master of Business Engineering program, which is dedicated to part-time students. And we organize this together with the Hochschule der Medien, which is a partner at the campus in Feingen. So when you're in a company, you have a business idea, you can start this program. Or if you're just curious also about entrepreneurship, it's also a way to get into the whole field in a part-time setup. Alex, when you started uh, the academic path, Uh, it wasn't quite predestined in this particular fashion. Can you tell us about your way into academia? I guess if you look on my CV from today's perspective, it looks pretty much straightforward what I did. But in real life, it was different. It was much more opportunity driven, I would say. So uh, when I finished my course of studies, I was not sure what to do. I had an opportunity to stay at Siemens, where I did an internship before. This was an option. I wanted to start a company with my fellow friends. This was another interesting path. And at the same time, I had the opportunity to stay at the university to pursue a PhD and to um, take care about the study program I did myself as a student. So it was also challenging to make a choice. But at the end, uh, I decided then for the combination of starting a company and working at the university, which was a great setup, I would say, also from uh, today's perspective again. Do you sometimes think uh, what would have happened if you uh, would have continued uh, to work with your fellow students in the consulting company that you had founded? Yeah, that's a good question. We discussed this several times um, because in 2007, end of 2007, when I joined the company full time, um, the times were still good. But in 2008, the financial crisis came and this also hit our company hard. We didn't have to lay off people at that time, but it was still tough. So I engaged a lot of time. I was very much into the projects, into the company, but still it was tough. And in 2011, when the economy went back on a growth track, uh, when it was much easier um, also to continue with the company, with the company's growth, um, then I, I, le I left the company <laughs> to go back uh, to the university. So it was very interesting uh, this period. And I was also engaged with many startups at the time, also from, from a technical perspective. And I was in many projects with uh, companies also on site developing products. So it was very interesting. And it would be interesting for sure also how would this have continued afterwards with staying there. But this is a question I, I, I usually try to avoid because uh, you never know uh, what would have happened, right? And you always know better afterwards. But what you do know is what happened with you when you were abroad, when you gained the international experience in the United States and also in China. How did these days influence you? The first day was in the year uh, 2002 when I did an internship uh, at uh, Siemens. And I have to admit, I wasn't even working at Siemens before, which was a precondition to do it. But I had a friend at another company and they said, ah, short term, we need somebody to go to the US. I was also not a good student, I have to admit. So also my grades weren't that good. So he said, yeah, you can just apply and see what happens. And this is what I did. And I had an interview. And then I said, ah, we have another preferred candidate. I said, well, that's not a problem. I'll do something else. And then a few weeks before the program started, they called me again and said, ah, 
the other candidate, uh, he's not coming. Would you still be interested? I said, if you can manage a visa within six weeks, I'm, I'm fine. And this was the first time in my life I was flying even. So my first uh, <laughs> flight was then to San Francisco and I stayed there for seven months. And this was also a very interesting experience then to uh, improve my English, uh, to work with colleagues. And I was also lucky that uh, the head of department I had, and I had a very boring job at the beginning, left. And then I took over her position for a couple of months. So it was really interesting learning also for me, also how to manage and how to work with others. So this was a very uh, yeah, deep uh, experience uh, in, in 2002. Now, your stays in the United States and your trips to China were comparatively short ones, but you stayed for a couple of years actually in Denmark. Um, was this a different experience and uh, stay than the others? This was definitely a different one because uh, my whole family was also joining me. So we were living in Flensburg at the uh, Danish-German border and I was working in Sonneburg, which is about half an hour from Flensburg. And my family also joined me and my kids also went to the Danish kindergarten and to the Danish school. And we were also embedded in, in, this, in this Danish system. And I also love to work at the University of Southern Denmark because this was a technical oriented place, actually similar to Stuttgart in some way. And uh, the culture is also very different. You know, you call each other by the first name. It's very much consensus oriented, also within the whole university administration, the whole uh, research setup is very different. And this is something I enjoyed a lot. And this is why I also stayed there for three years. It was just then too tempting to go back to Germany uh, into a tenured um, position because in Denmark, uh, you're not state employee any longer, unfortunately. So they changed the system a few years back. So still the German system is in this sense much more attractive. But if you will ask my wife or my kids, they will tell you they loved it and they would like to go back. I'm sure. You really seem to take up opportunities once you see them. And when they come along, uh, you know uh, that uh, this would be for you. That may have happened also uh, when you got interested in the University of Stuttgart. Um, why and how did you end up with us? I had a tenant position already at the University of Erlangen-Nürnberg, uh, which was also nice, but I was still looking for um, a bigger challenge to tackle. And uh, then I was thinking about starting a new company or uh, getting engaged with another company from colleagues. And then I saw a job announcement for this professorship here at the University of Stuttgart. And this read pretty much as a description of myself uh, for somebody who is interested in networks, um, a person who started a company who has industry experience, a person who is engaged in research and innovation and entrepreneurship. And I thought, well, this looks promising, so you should give it a try. And After all, um, it worked out that I'm now here in Stuttgart. You once said that the Institute of Entrepreneurship and Innovation Science is like a startup company to you. Can you elaborate on that a little more? First of all, the Institute was founded when I came here in the year 2020. So it was also new in the whole setup uh, within the university and had to found uh, its place so we are now a member of two faculties, Faculty 10, Business and Economics, and Faculty 7, 7 which is Mechanical Engineering. So it's, it has kind of two roots within the university already. And beyond this, we had to develop our products. So I also see it as a startup because we have customers. We have customers, we have the 
administration, we have the students, we have uh, fellow researchers, but also outside stakeholders, um, people who are interested in entrepreneurship, and we are developing products for these people. And that's also the startup way to test the products. Some are working better, some are not working that good, and also to improve yourself all over time. Define processes to be more efficient also within the Institute. And these are things we're working uh, together with the whole team. And for this, it's also so important that we have a interdisciplinary setup of the team, that we have not only business people uh, like my own background is, but also physicists, mechanical engineers, uh, from people from sociology. So to have a, a broad coverage in uh, backgrounds, but also in age, also in uh, the team setup of females and males. And I think uh, this is an important success factor also for a successful startup in general, but also for a startup uh, within the university. It has been only two years. What would you say has been already accomplished following what you just explained, what your objectives are, and also what the objectives of the institutes are? It changed quite a lot because uh, I came here in January 2020, and in March, I, th I think it was in March, the first lockdown started. And most of the people started within the lockdown who came afterwards. So it was also a challenge also to bring people together, to get to know to each other, to get to know to the students, because everything was virtual. I also just noticed I didn't have any business trip in two years. Uh, so that's also quite uncommon for myself. But I was also um, working on this uh, to see how can we improve ourselves. And this is also something we did, for instance, with processes. So I think we achieved some more process efficiency over time now. And also the team, I think, now being back in the office, it's also easier that they could get to know to each other and work even better together than in the past. But you're right, there's a lot to do also in future. When you talk with companies and when you analyze companies in your work, what are some of the biggest challenges for companies in the future? I think it's already a challenge now that they find good people. I mean, good people who fit to their profile, who fit to the company culture and uh, people who want to engage themselves also more than eight hours a day. So I guess this is and will remain a big challenge. And uh, if you look uh, on this on a more broader context, I think it's also a challenge for companies to open up to startups, especially. So to also to understand how do startups work, how can they learn from them, but also integrate even startups within their portfolio. And this happens already with uh, especially larger companies, but I think many small and medium-sized companies are still struggling how to find the right approach to work um, with entrepreneurs, but also with other stakeholders from the outside. But this will be even more important in the future. Do you already have a favorite startup company that you assisted in founding? And if so, why is it that particular one? Oh, Wolfgang, this is a difficult question. Uh, there were so many startups in the past uh, I had the opportunity to work with. So uh, I don't want to pick a specific one, but I want to highlight maybe some industries, especially the healthcare industry, uh, medical devices industry is very interesting. And the startups I worked uh, with in this area were quite successful. Or um, the startups in the area of mechanical tools, for instance, there's a, a big movement behind this. We also saw some in the agricultural area. I think maybe not... Too many people would expect that, but also how can we use more biological treatments for plants instead of chemical ones? That's a big 
Christian, also another startup is uh, tackling I was working with in the past. Um, and here at the university, we have also many um, interested and uh, engaged uh, people who are working in many of these areas. And this is also the privilege, I feel, in my position that I have the chance to work with these people and to help them maybe a bit on the way to become a successful startup afterwards. But overall, it's not just me, it's the, the whole team at the institute, at the university, but also beyond in the whole ecosystem. Because we also need places where they can start, where they can have their office space. We need people who help them uh, gaining funding. So I think we at the university, we can be the birth helper, uh, so to say, at the beginning. But then we need also an ecosystem who takes these people and help them further in advancing. Because that's the overall goal that uh, entrepreneurs also stay here, not just founding in Stuttgart, but also stay in Stuttgart on the long term. Alex, from your experience, when is the time to become a founder? Do pupils think about this already? Do students think about this more and more? Or do professionals in the various companies they work in think about this particular aspect to change their life in the direction of becoming an entrepreneur? At the end of the day, it's all of them. Because also when you start your career as a pupil in school, you can start a business. And I also had a successful entrepreneur actually uh, many years back, but he was very successful with this. But you can also have students. You can also have PhDs. You can have professors who do this also by themselves. And uh, you can also have uh, professionals. And usually the latter group is also the most successful one because as a professional, you already have a network, you have experience, usually you also have some money. So uh, it's easier to do it once you decide to do it. On the other hand, it's more difficult for them because you might have a family already, you might have to pay many bills. And uh, so the risk is also higher for you to, to leave the company, to leave this part of life, to start your own business. So it depends, and all of them can do it uh, in a different way. Does the background of uh, the entrepreneur have any influence uh, on becoming one? Earlier research tells us that there is an influence. Unfortunately, it's not a good one. So uh, there is uh, some indication uh, that an entrepreneur is more successful when the parents have been entrepreneurs uh, before, because they can help the person more, they can be more supportive in processes. They usually also have more financial resources to support the entrepreneur. So unfortunately, there is a relationship. But also, if you look on my example, I also uh, didn't have parents with an academic background. And my dad works as carpenter and my mother works in a factory. So they couldn't help me also with this decision to start a company or even earlier to um, do the abitur and to, uh, to uh, study something. So this was also um, a decision later when we started the company, when I talked to my parents, they also were very supportive, but also very critical. Is this really the best way? But they also said, we trust you and we know that you will do things the right way. So I think this is also something we need to fix in future that also uh, people with a non-academic background can also start high-tech companies with the support of the right people around and with the right ecosystem around. Alex, towards the end of our talk, we have uh, a particular set of questions that we have called Moment 7.
We have collected seven questions that we would like to ask you. Please answer them as shortly as possible. Moment one. Spätzle or Maultaschen? Maultaschen. Moment two. One thing you could change about the world would be? It's maybe a philosophical answer, but I would try to combine business, society and nature in a better way. I guess it can't be worse as it is now, but I would try to combine the setup with nature, humans and the economy in a more efficient way, in a better way, in a nicer way. Moment three. Do you have a book recommendation for us? No, I would recommend to go uh, to Google Scholar and type in whatever you're curious about and you will find many interesting articles. Far too many people are not reading at the moment. Moment four. The best advice that you have ever received was? Take the opportunities you get. Moment five. Your favorite place on campus here at the University of Stuttgart is? The Ecumenical Center at the campus in Feyingen because they have the best coffee you can find around. Moment six. If I could start all over again, I would do the following differently. Nothing I can think of. And moment seven. Please complete the following sentence. Thanks to my studies, I know that... I need to know much more also from other areas. Thank you, Alex, for having met us today. We are very much looking forward to staying in touch and wish you and your colleagues at the Institute all the very best for the future and the students to learn a lot how to become entrepreneurs. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed meeting us, feel free to subscribe to our podcast. Most of all, please stay tuned for our conversations that are always based on what is made in science.